You know, sometimes I can't believe that we're up to 168 episodes of the podcast. A little over a year ago, I had no clue that there would be this many episodes. I really didn't have any expectations. I just wanted to chat with people like I normally do. Um, Just recorded them instead and put them out to the public and see what happens. So far, the response has been really incredible. And I can say, honestly, that I've learned so much from each and every guest that I've had on the show. And I look forward to continuing that. Some of the best guests are always the ones who give very nuanced, thoughtful, and fairly holistic answers to questions. Today on Dr. D's Social Network, we have Wendy Klinky. And Wendy is awesome. Wendy is one of those people where you ask her something, she thinks about it, then she attacks. And she gives something that is very thoughtful, uh, something that is very meaningful. And as an interviewer, I really appreciate that. As a listener, I really appreciate that. So I think everyone's going to really enjoy this conversation uh, with Wendy as we talk about uh, the fitness industry's past, present, and future. Enjoy. Wendy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah, for sure. I We had a really good conversation offline, and I felt like it's a nice kind of setup for today, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about what's going on and your, your part of the world. Where are you at, actually? So I'm located in Michigan, um, the United States, in um, southeast Michigan, just outside of Ann Arbor. And what's the what's the feel around there with everything that's going on in our country right now? What's the vibe you're getting? So right now, I, a lot of people are really scared right now. Um, things are shut down. We're mandated to wear masks into um, any retail environment. Restaurants are operating at a limited capacity and gyms and fitness facilities are not legally allowed to operate. Hmm. So how is that going in terms of the gym environment? I know much like myself, you're in the fitness industry. What's been your thoughts about that with, with gyms? Well, you know, it's, it's tough because there's a small percentage of the population that really cannot wait to get back to the gym and really understand the health benefits of working out and how it boosts your immune system and all of the the wonderful physical components of it. And there's also a lot of social components to working out with other people that go right along with that. But I'm finding that in talking to people with my clients and other individuals that I know out in, you know, just out in the community, a lot of people are really pretty fearful. Even people that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't have expected have told me that they are not going to be going back to the gym anytime soon and that they will wait even after they're allowed to open and operate to see how it goes because they just don't want to have anything to do with catching this virus. Yeah. And you said, so you're some people you didn't expect. What did you mean by that? Like were the people that you thought would be more on board in your mind or what did you think? Yeah, I mean, people that are actually very fit and work mm. out really regularly in the gym and are, are of very good health. And I, I know that they understand the benefits of working out. I was just a little surprised by um, 
some of them. I mean, not all of them. Some of the some of the people that have underlying health conditions, I completely understand why they may be fearful or that are of a certain age. And um, I don't know. I just was a little surprised by some of the people that expressed concern even after the government decides to lift things. That, that they've said that even after. Uh, we will be allowed to operate. They will not be returning anytime soon. I've actually heard that a lot from various people. I mean, you know, having this show, I talk to people from all over the world and United States, and I'm networking all the time. And that's actually from my experience talking to people, my observation, it's uh, fairly common, actually. Yeah. And that there's actually a very, as you mentioned, there's a small, hardcore group of people that want to be back in gyms. Again, not, I don't have an opinion about that type of thing. Essentially on my, I try not to be so like, oh, this or that, but when, when I'm doing this, but it's just my observation of what I've seen, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to each their own. And it's, it's really hard to, to know because we don't really know what we're looking at (laughs) and it's very new and things that they initially thought was the way that it was spreading some of the studies are showing that it's not spreading that way. So it's hard to it's hard to say because they don't really know what's going on with it. They don't it seems to change on an almost daily basis of do we have a handle on this or don't we? Are we looking at a second wave? Yeah, I think that um it's also it's somewhat of an indictment also of our our uh, way communication is spread and in the world, you know, with media and, and how, where we receive our information and things of that nature and how that's, because it's all processed information. You know, there's not a dialogue between, like you and I are having a dialogue. We're having a conversation. We can talk about our feelings and things. The problem with what's happening within our larger information gathering system is it's not a dialogue. It's just processed information. So you have to decide like where are you getting that information and do you believe that is the right source for that information and so we have people on many different sides and spectrums of things and what they're into and what they're not so it makes it very confusing in many ways you know yeah you know I, i'm remembering pretty early on in the first maybe 6 weeks of in michigan we had got hit pretty hard pretty quickly mm-hmm. and I have a lot of healthcare workers in my realm and it went from don't wear a mask. It doesn't help you to wear a mask everywhere you go. And even these healthcare workers who were getting the information from very reputable sources, like from their employers, Mm -hmm. it was confusing. Even to them who were working on the front lines of it, we're not really sure as to what safety precautions are helpful and which ones are not, how you're actually going to be, you know, coming in contact with this. Um, I have a friend who lives in another state and she had barely left her house at all, never went into any restaurants, Mm -hmm. didn't go to retail because she has underlying health conditions and just recently came down with coronavirus and she has no idea how she got it. Yeah, it's very difficult. I think, if you trace trace back kind of um, our information systems about these things, even if, if you look back to 
whether it's um, written resources, audio, visual resources, there's been many people who have sounded the alarm about this type of pandemic for 20 plus years. I mean, I, you go backwards, you can look at documentaries that say there will be something like this that will happen, but we're not really prepared for it. And that's the interesting thing about information is it's not like there wasn't a forecast for something like this to happen. Oh, there are plenty of health officials who forecasted it. But then it becomes this dicey thing of like, where do you put your money into being ready for different things? You know, something that you think may or may not happen. And and this becomes all these other politically charged things. But I I think that there's just a lot of information. People are very confused. And also the nature of viruses and things, they mutate and change. And so the symptomology changes too. And what happens with people over time, that's just pathology. The thing. Absolutely. So, so, you know, everybody's, I think just tr- even our people who are very respected people, they're just trying to get an understanding of what is happening for that. And I think the way we are as humans, we have trouble with that sometimes, you know. Definitely. Well, I do know that the social component of the quarantine has just been, it's been kind of detrimental to a lot of people. Like I know that just interacting with people on, on zoom, people tell me that that is what they look forward to all day long. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because they don't have any social interaction and not going to work, not driving their car anywhere. I mean, the novelty of working from home was great at first, (laughs) but I'm also finding that people are getting very burnt out and are starting to neglect their own self care because of the isolation. It's interesting, right? I'm, I think I have an interesting perspective on this because, uh, speaking of fitness, you know, I started my live virtual personal training service almost three years ago. Um, so I had no clue this was all coming. Obviously I just, I just try to be an early adopter of technologies and things that I think may be a complement to the current businesses. And uh, I can definitely speak to that. I would say the first three or four months, I was like, man, this is like, this is amazing. It's different, you know, doing this, all of my clients this way. And then I kind of hit a lull where I was kind of like, oh man, like, do I miss training people in person and stuff? And then honestly, I got over it. And then after the first year, it just became normal to me. And now I'm just very used to it and I've hit my rhythm. So, I mean, I'm just one person, clearly. But I think there'll be some people that they just will never like it working from home. And then there will be people who will absolutely thrive uh, on it. It just, it just you know, it's time. And, and, and it depends on how you deal with it, what you have set up. What happens is for a lot of people, in my experience, I've noticed is many people never had anything outside of work to do. Work was their hobby. Work was their income. It was everything. So if you take that away or you put it in a different environment, people, well, what, what, is, what makes up me? What do I, and that's, that's actually scary because I had all these systems built in of other things beyond fitness for me that I like to do. So but if you have nothing else, that could be very detrimental too. You know? Absolutely. And, you know, I think what you're talking about is um, adaptation. So you kind of talked about a process of going through change and adaptation. And I I do think that the world as a whole is going to have to adapt to this and we're going to come out looking very, very different. I know that many major corporations are already giving the go ahead to continue to work from home 
because of the economic break they're getting from it, you know, not having to spend the money on rent and seeing that people are actually productive at home and they don't necessarily need somebody over the shoulder all the time. In yeah, their visual a, does site. Google just did that too? Like Google just said through June 2021. I know Amazon, I trained somebody from Amazon high up and they're like, yep, through January, probably get extended. Siemens in uh, Germany, I think they're doing a hybrid thing forever at this point, they said. So I would expect more of that from companies. You know? Yeah, I there's a major insurance company in Michigan that has said that they're just going to, and they were already kind of going that Mm -hmm. way. But now that everybody's already doing it, like they were already kind of starting to introduce that because of the economic reasons. But I have several other clients in my client base that have gotten like, that's what they've been told. This is just what we're going to do from now on. So Mm. just get used to it. Yeah. So with that being said, it puts a, a much bigger, emphasis and a much greater need on the importance of social interactions. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, a lot of people were only getting that at work. Their whole entire life revolved around work. So now if they're working from home, how are they going to interact with other people? Right. Now you're living at your job. It's basically, right. You know, and And uh, yeah. Self-discipline is also really going to come into play to make sure that you're not working from five o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night because it's right there. Yeah. It's a dangerous thing. You're not having the separation on that. It's something I had to learn for sure. And I, again, it was an, like you said, it was an adaptation. It became a chronic adaptation for me. It's like I was trying to figure out my schedule. How do I want this to be? Where do I want the gaps to be? When am I done working? when you have access to technology constantly and the whole thing. And I I think for a lot of, I don't know, I can't speak for everybody, but there's just, you know, there's an adjustment. If anybody's listening to this and they're like, I'm worn out. I'm like, I think you're going to, hopefully you'll be okay. There's a transition. It's the same thing with exercise. You know, there's the road to long lasting chronic adaptation. That's positive is filled with, a lot of uncomfortable times and hard workouts and different you know, stimulus stimuli that are meant to help you grow. Hopefully you're taking that approach and that it's not like, well, this is the end of my life as I know it. Maybe on some level, but it could be a beautiful new thing if you allow yourself to embrace it on some level, you know? Absolutely. I love that. Um, I, I love that analogy that you just described because it is, it is a change and it is, an adaptation. And you have to kind of decide how you want it to, to come out on the other side. There is going to be some growing pains, yeah. but you, you have to decide if you're going to stay stuck in that spot of uncomfortableness, or if you're going to figure out your own ways to go out and in, into the world and to network with other people and have that social interaction. That's part of kind of what makes us human. <laughs> so yeah. you just have to decide like, what am I interested in? What do I, where do I want to spend my time? Because spending your time working for a company within your own four walls is it's not mentally healthy. No. So you have to make sure that you're, you know, closing the laptop, turning off the phone and finding ways to interact with your family, finding ways to interact with your friends and making sure that you're still finding ways to 
kind of get out there and do some things. Most definitely. So where do you yeah. see the the business of health and wellness going beyond this? What are some carryovers from this time that you think you'll see? Well, you know, the health and wellness industry in my from my perspective has been kind of a broken system for a very long time. So before any of this came up, um, there wasn't a great transition from schooling into the workforce. There has not been a whole lot of companies that offer like internship or mentorship. And a lot of, you know, young individuals actually end up leaving the industry because of their inability to sell. Those are kind of skills that were not necessarily taught. And the, the job structures are not set up for the professionals that we are. So very often you will find small businesses that bring in independent contractors or that hire only for the hour that you're doing or nonprofit agencies that will pay you like a minimum wage and then a little bit of an elevated rate wage for the times that you're actually teaching or instructing. And it's just been a bit of like, when you take a step back and you, you look at other professional professions, that's not how other professions run things. Yeah. So it, it, it's been an underlying problem in the industry pre COVID before all of you know, this pandemic stuff. So what I see happening is that I'm going to see a lot of people are going to cut themselves out of the industry completely. They're either going to be burned out and sick of trying to make it work for people who don't care. <laughs> they're going to realize they're not making any money. So they're going to have to go elsewhere or back to a full-time job doing something completely different because that's very common in the industry yeah, where you have people is. who just you know, have a full-time job and kind of do this as their hobby or do it for a little extra income. So I think that a lot of those people are going to cut their losses. And I'm, I'm seeing it happen with my colleagues that are just mm. saying, I've had enough. There's going to be small businesses that did not focus on the business that built their business up from the ground up and didn't necessarily track their systems that didn't necessarily understand the, the fundamentals of actually running a business versus working as a trainer that are, they're going to just die out. So there's going to be small businesses that are going to stop. There's going to be professionals that are going to leave for basically they, they're, they're going to be forced out of it because they need to pay their bills. And Gyms are closing left and right. Fitness yep. studios are closing all over the place because they can't charge people when they can't open their doors. And then on top of that, even if they can open their doors, they're faced with how are we going to get our members to come back in? Because like, like, like we're talking about, there's a pretty large percentage of the population who are very fearful of going to the gym. So you have to be pretty creative to stay ahead of that, you have to be really dialing into your business systems and making sure that you are networking. I mean, doing the, not just running ads, right? Like yeah. but doing the interpersonal networking and getting referrals and doing the work 
that has always been there and available to do, but most people want to take the easy way out and just hire an ad. And that's not going to work right now Yeah, because it's people are, are not going to buy into, you just need to go to the gym to be healthy. They're, they really need the social component. They need a good excuse to get out of their house. It needs to be something that's going to benefit them, but it also needs to have something that's going to have that social component that everybody has lost. So a lot of businesses are not going to want to put in that kind of work, yeah. are not going to want to put the work into networking and building business to business relationships and they will fail. So the industry is going to shrink from what I can see. The industry will shrink, but the people who will still be here are going to be the people that are so passionate about it. They're going to be the people that really want to make a difference. They're going to be the people that are going to figure it out mm -hmm. because none of us know what's going to happen next. You know, we can look at the predictions and we can listen to what might be coming, but no one really knows. None of the experts know. I don't know. You don't know. We don't know what's coming next. So you have to be willing to roll with it and adapt as needed. So the people that will be left in the industry, from what I can see, are going to be the people that are very passionate about it or the people who have the money to write it out. Well said, by the way. Well said. Yeah, I mean, I. it's a, a well said point of view. And I would like to add to that because I've been in a, a lot of meetings lately with people like yourself or committee work, uh, which has been very eye opening about what's going on in the equinoxes, 24 hour fitnesses of the world, lifetime fitness. And I've been able to get insight into all these different sizes of gyms and um, different versions, of, you know, boutique gyms and things of that nature. And I think there's a very good sense of what you're saying. There's a very common sense of that. Even these very large companies, they have they've closed a lot of their take twenty four hour fitness in Las Vegas. They closed like eight of their gyms. You know, yeah. now and they and and in their mind, they're they're like, well, we just saved ourselves a lot of money and overhead. In the other instance, a lot of people lost their jobs too. But they also are looking at it as like, these were not clubs that were actually functioning very well in their mind. And it became an opportunity to reevaluate it. But I agree with you. Like, I think the system was very broken before this anyways. And you had a, you've had a really big problem. I've talked to so many people about this. It's like, it's a, it's a, a group of very professional people who are doing it full time. It's their career. It's what they're doing. And there's a huge hobbyist aspect of it. And then you have an influencer aspect of it, of it yes. as well that has been added. And so all these things do not make, in my opinion, a super legitimate business for a lot of people when it comes down yeah. to it. It becomes kind of a joke to a lot of people. They go, well, look at other reputable businesses. They don't do this. There's no like part-time um, doctor. You know what I mean? There's no yeah, right. part-time and whatever, you, whatever it is, you know, uh, in, in anything. There's, there's not a lot of people who are just like, I do this for fun just to make a little extra. Like, but that's what happens in our business. But I've also seen a shift, and maybe you could speak to this too, where uh, there's a lot of club operators who are afraid. 
because they're starting to see that trainers uh, may be starting to gain the leverage in the business because as technology increases and people start to figure out, maybe I can run a live virtual business or online business and I don't have to pay rent to a facility. Maybe I was, maybe I don't need that overhead. I don't need to be in the gym anymore. Now, I mean, you're really good trainers and people who are great savvy business people are going to start to understand like, wait a minute, do I really need to be there type of thing? I don't know. What do you think about that? So I, my opinion on this is a little slightly different because I feel that really good trainers that have been savvy have always had the leverage. Mm. They've always understood their own value Love that. and their ability to produce. So knowing what you're, what you're worth and knowing that you're making a difference and knowing that this is the path that you want to go. And that gives you all the leverage that you need because your sales are not sales anymore. They're conversations. Mm. You're not convincing anybody to buy your services. You're conveying to them the need for it. And it's just my opinion that, you know, some of the club owners may have thought that, well, I'm doing you a favor and letting you come into my facility. We're really like, okay, but if I walk out of here, how are you going to pay your rent? (laughs) Because I just covered it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So um, I think that when it comes to the leverage, I do think that you're right. I think a lot of those, those professionals that you were talking about that are now all of a sudden out of a job, right? The ones who have worked their way up through those corporations, those are the people who should be starting a business because they get it. They understand what it takes. They're going to understand how to train new employees. They're going to take the time with people who are fresh out of school to teach them the skills that they, that they're not taught in school. You know, there's a lot of stuff that isn't taught in, you know, like getting a four-year degree. Like I have a four-year degree, but many people don't, they have a certificate and they don't know how to interact with people. So the, the people skills are something that you've, definitely need a mentor with, especially when you're dealing with somebody on such a personal level, like the fitness industry is different, not just because of the reasons that we talked about how people kind of look at it as like, it's a leisure activity, and it's not very professional. But on the other hand, we're very different from other industries and other professions, because of the fact that we work with people on an almost daily basis where someone will go out and get their teeth cleaned twice a year or go get their eyes checked once a year or go to the doctor when they're sick. We see people not a couple times a year, but a couple times a week. So the relationships that we build with these people are very personal in nature. Like you can't help but get personal with the people that you're working with every single day especially when you're working on such a personal goal. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's true. I mean, you think about it, a lot of these service providers or people that you go to uh, for various things, they're, they're almost one-offs, generally speaking, you know, or they're, they're, the time between seeing that person again is pretty long for that yeah. versus for us, you're seeing us regularly. 
And which maybe made me laugh when you were saying about people, you know, the Zoom call they have, it's like they look forward to it the most in the day uh, because of what they have doing. I have experienced that so much with my clients because I'm training quite a bit. And most of my clients, they say that they're like, well, you're like the one structured thing I have today to do. And like, I really look forward to our conversation and my exercise and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting. But you know, it's funny. I've also seen, a, I'm getting tons of leads all the time from people. Is There's a lot of people who don't want to go to a gym. Like they just, they don't, they don't, they never wanted to go. They, they, they would tell me, it's not that it's closed. It's just, I don't want to be in gyms. I just, I want to be able to be at my home or somewhere else. I don't want to be, I don't really care if it gets closed. I want to be somewhere else to work out. There, there, this movement of convenience is what I'm personally seeing quite a bit. Like, I don't want to drive somewhere and then have to think about childcare or whatever. Like, I just want to be like, get up and do it and then go and do other things, you know, type of thing. So it's been interesting. Yeah. And that's where the discipline comes in. But also, if you look at the numbers, only 20% of the American population mm-hmm. uses facilities even before. Exactly. That. It's not like there was a yeah. gold rush of people using gyms before. <laughs> yeah. And so what what could be a little bit of something that people might want to start thinking about, especially in our realm, is this has changed things for a lot of people. Being shut in our homes has changed a lot of people's perspectives. And while there are a lot of people who are fearful, there are also a lot of people who are really understanding that their health is important, are really understanding that these social interactions are important. And that's a benefit that gyms and studios can provide as soon as we're allowed to. Yeah. So, there, there's definitely a lot of like the convenience, like you were talking about, but that's a personality thing too. So there's something to be said about that because a lot of the reasons that people go to the gym is so that they don't have the distractions of at home. They don't have to think about the laundry or the kids bothering them or, you know, what they're going to make for dinner. And they don't have the distraction of the couch or the telephone ringing. They can just go and focus on, on their exercise. And that's a lot of the reason why, at least in my experience, why people actually join a gym and pay to go to the gym is because they, they don't have the motivation and accountability themselves to do it at home. Like workout videos have been around for, Oh my gosh, forever, forever, forever. So what's the difference between working out with a trainer or working out on like a live zoom, like a, like a live video Mm -hmm. working out on zoom or like with a trainer, the interaction is definitely different than doing like a live video or following a YouTube page or whatever. But, um, I do know that I'm getting like, I, I get the understanding that, there's something about going to the place, <laughs> even oh, if yeah. that place is outside, you know, even if, even if it's outside, there's something to be said about getting in your car or lacing up your shoes and walking out the door because you leave all those distractions behind. And now we, a lot of people have that other element that we were just talking about of work. So not only do you have all the distractions of home, you have all the distractions of work as well. 
So the very disciplined person who's very good about shutting, shutting out their laptop and walking away from work, it's probably going to be the same person who's going to be disciplined enough to work out at home and who's not going to blow off the workout, who's, who's going to be able to push themselves through, if that makes sense. No, no, it makes perfect sense. I'm always I'm of the mindset that all these things can coexist. You know, I there's colleagues of mine I know who they think this is a fad, like live virtual stuff and technology. You know, it's like people are just going to come back to gyms, and I I just don't believe that. I just think they weren't going anyways that much. So to it's not like there was eighty percent gym attendance. You know, it was it's very low, and that twenty percent is high. If you talk to uh, various other organization professionals, it's it could be 20%, anywhere down to 10% in that aspect. Wow. It's not a lot. So this notion that we were just overcrowding gyms is completely <laughs> yeah. false. It's, com- it's just completely false. The majority of people are not working out. It's just the truth right. behind it. Yeah. And so gyms don't want you to know that, but it's the truth. It's how a bunch of people sign up all the time. doesn't mean they're actually using it for that. But I do think gyms have a very specific purpose to things like you just said. There's an energy being in a gym that's awesome that I love. And I do most of my stuff virtually, live virtually for my business, but I still like work out in the gym and stuff. So I think it's good. You know, I don't really like a lot of people being in the gym because I, I don't care about the socialization. That's never been a thing for me. But I also was a collegiate athlete, and I wasn't, I, I wasn't, my success in being athletic and stuff was not based off of socialization. It was based off of grinding and working hard in a solitary feeling of working out without music, without distraction. Distraction was bad for me to become good. I don't want that. So the gym, for me, when I go, I seek out things that there's not a lot of people because I don't want to be bothered, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's a different well, mentality, though. There's people who have the complete opposite, you know? Yeah. And there's definitely a I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say you're probably the minority there. I, definitely I know I am. I know have I am. like I have one who travels 30 miles to come and see me yeah. and he works out in an empty gym yeah. and he doesn't go to the professionals there because he doesn't get the feeling he does. There's not that feeling yeah. he's disciplined enough to do it on his own. But at the same time, like he misses the energy. He misses the interaction and the banter that comes with going to a familiar place and, you know, seeing people that you, you kind of become a part of a community, you know, it becomes Especially if if you've got like good people there who are interacting and who are really strong on working yeah. on engagement, and everybody engages a little bit differently, and that's based on personality, it's based on learning styles, that's based on situations. <laughs> so oh, yeah. in one situation, yeah. yeah, you know, like in one situation, I engage in one way, and in another, completely different. So it it just kind of depends, but having a place that you're comfortable at that delivers you the experience that you're looking for is huge. 
Yeah. You ever been in the gym and see people who actually don't work out in the gym? They just go around and talk to people all the time. Oh my gosh. You ever see that? (laughs) I I have this one client and her husband did that all the time. (laughs) And she would make fun of him. She's like, he doesn't go to the gym to work out. It's social hour and chocolate shake time for him. <laughs> it's pretty I funny, know. actually. I've, I, <laughs> man. Uh huh. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. It is. Some people actually go, and she, it would drive her nuts. It would, because she was <laughs> one of my hardest workers. She was yeah. an older woman. You know, she was retired and, if I wasn't pushing her to the point where she was saying Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, yeah. <laughs> she was like, you're not working me hard enough, Wendy. <laughs> so she was a really hard worker. But yeah, um, absolutely. And so it's, for some people, it is definitely just a social thing. But I think that's also the other end of the I think so. Yeah, no, it's just funny. It's just a funny thing. Like I would, but it is kind of interesting. Like I always like, Every once in a while, back in the day, I would go to a very large gym and stuff. And because, you know, I want to know what the scene, what's going on in these places. Plus, it was part of my business and consulting and management for different places. And uh, gym behavior is so hilarious to me, generally speaking, because it's like a bunch of people get in a car to drive to a gym to stand in, the sa- in one place, basically. <laughs> yeah. To go on a motorized thing that goes nowhere in place. I always thought that was the weirdest thing. You don't see, unless you're like more of an evolved trainer and you understand different aspects of dynamic progression and functional movement, most of training happens in a spot in most yeah. places. And I always thought that's one of the weirdest things about gyms, like a bunch of people going to somewhere to stay in the same place. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's strange to me, actually. It's actually, I think, I think that's a lot of the gyms. There's little, not a lot of actual movement through the facility in a dynamic progression. It's just a lot of like assigned seating, I call it, you know? Yeah. Um, I completely agree with that. And I, I think that a lot of that, I'm sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. A lot of that comes from people wanting to go to the gym and only do their favorite thing. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Where like you get you get the people who come in and like they're only gonna do like the two machines they like and then they're they're gonna run on the treadmill yeah. or they're only gonna run on the treadmill or they're only gonna do a bench press and they're never gonna work out their legs at all. <laughs> never gonna stretch. <laughs> You know, like, I think that uh, that's kind of a lot of it. Where, like you get the people who really like flexibility and they don't ever want to pick up a weight because it's going <laughs> to them up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's like every type yeah. of person in a gym. It's like, but it's all very like, it's all very comfortable generally for the person. It's like everything is yeah. like what I'm used to doing, what I'm, and I ran a, a luxury gym for a long time over a decade. And it's just funny because you're the, observer when you're running the facility and you're always around people and everybody else is kind of like the subjects in a, in a study. Yeah. And human behavior is extremely predictable in gyms, for, extremely. Once somebody comes in and they establish a routine if they do, they almost never veer from it ever over many, many years, decades, seriously. It's like the same thing. And it's, it's pretty hilarious, actually. 
Well, and to me, that tells me that they're very uneducated in yeah. the way that the body works, because you, if you're doing the same thing for years, like for a while, you're only going to be doing maintenance, but then after yeah. a while, like you're not even going to be doing that anymore. No. no. And it's just, <laughs> it, it, like you said, it's hilarious because you, these are the same people who are like, well, I work out five days a week and I've looked like this years and I just can't lose this weight. <laughs> like, I think I know why. Well, <laughs> we could talk about that. But yeah, I, I think a lot of it comes down to just, just doing what you're comfortable with and doing your favorite things and not really wanting to step outside of that, that comfort level. But yeah, human Human beings are very predictable. Very predictable. Now, that brings me to something I wanted to ask you about, again, because I think I get in all these conversations, and I like to pull from those and, t and talk to other people. But, you know, I've had a couple colleagues who have very seriously of, like, we've entered to, into this realm where, like, fitness has become entertainment. What is your thought about that? So, it's... <laughs> I don't find fitness to be entertaining. However, um, like the, the fitness influencers, like the, you know who I'm talking about? Like the ones who yeah. are just kind of doing stuff and are really just trying to sell their spandex yes. or their protein powder or whatever. Um, that to me is a little entertaining, but only because I can see their lack of knowledge. Mm. <laughs> so, on that aspect, like that's probably the only realm where I would find fitness to be entertaining. Um, I'm not sure if you're talking more about like ninja warrior type of stuff. Well, like, what about like in the maybe the concept that fitness has become about distraction or let's make it as try to make it as fun as possible. So to distract ourselves from the actual work involved type of thing. What do you think about that? I just what I've, you know, I've been in conversations about those, these types of things. Well, I guess I've never really looked at like my health as like a, a source of entertainment. I, I know that I definitely look at it as, as a, a stress builder mm -hmm. and I mean, I tell jokes and stuff with my clients, but yeah. by no means am I, and I do ask them very regularly and they do make fun of me for it and they mock me, but I do often <laughs> say to them, fun <laughs> no <laughs> but usually it's a very sarcastic like no this is really hard you know yeah. yeah um so with the with the idea of fitness being as entertainment i i guess it to each his own you know i mean i maybe i am entertained by fitness i'm definitely not entertained by going to the movies or you know spending a lot of time watching television so I guess it is entertainment based on how you are spending your free time. Is are you, Ari, but are you, I think there's a section of people, uh, maybe there's, there's different camps, you know, it's like, am I going to work out for, because working out is fun to me and because it's fun to me, like it's enjoyable. And then there may be other camps. It was like, well, listen, in order to improve, and to really be get to your your the best results that you could get for your yourself, 
there's going to be a level of it being not fun. Don't you know what I mean? Like that, like, okay. is it yeah. just, a, and is it just about distracting us from the actual work involved in, in exercise? So this is my standpoint. And um, I think I'm understanding what you're saying now. This is what I tell people when I meet them is exercise should be somewhat enjoyable. It should be hard and it should feel like work, but you shouldn't hate it. So if you absolutely hate it, you should definitely try a different way of working out because there's hundreds of thousands of different ways that you can go about it. I mean, there's just so many different ways that you can exercise your body. It doesn't mean that you have to run on a treadmill. If you hate running, don't run. Try rowing. Try an aerobics class. Go swimming. Like there's so many different things that you can do for your body that it shouldn't be miserable. But at the same time, it should only be like somewhat enjoyable because if you're doing it right, <laughs> it should be kind of hard. Like the, the, the idea of the purpose of exercise is to improve yourself. It's not to just be like a good time Sally. Like, yes, you have lasting benefits and you feel good for doing it afterwards. But to for it to only like while you're doing it, you're probably not working hard enough. <laughs> you know, like I mean, if you're just having a good time while you're working out, you're you're probably not really working out, right? <laughs> That's like, saying, oh well, I went to the beach and I got in the water and that was my swimming. That's not swimming. No. That's that's like floating on a. You know what I mean? Like that's it's not the same yeah. thing. So. I would say if you if you're looking at it as entertainment or as a fun activity, probably not working hard enough. Like I totally unless, unless the fun activity is the feeling that you get when you're done. <laughs> Another you know thing I mean? well said, Wendy. Very well said. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, you you bring a very good perspective. You know why? Because I feel like you're thoughtful when you say it. You're not just like splurging out stuff. Like it's like okay, how do I want to present this in the way that's native to you? So I applaud you for that. I think that, uh, I think we have, we have kindred spirits with this here. I, uh, I think because my knowledge of exercise physiology, exercise science, obviously acute versus chronic adaptation, biomechanics, all that stuff, physics, improvement is uncomfortable. And... I don't know anything that I've done that I've like really worked hard to improve at hasn't been very fun. Honestly, uh, it's, it's been a grind. <laughs> I mean, like, like I enjoy the challenge of it, but like, I think that's kind of the disconnect that I have seen with the general public is sometimes I think the marketing of fitness and wellness is let's have fun. Let's have a good time. And I think there's some element of that, but like when you're actually trying to improve, there's many points where it's just, it's not that great. <laughs> you know, it's like, you just don't feel that good, you know, and that's part of the whole cycle of, of providing a stimulus, super compensation, coming back, providing another stimulus. Like, it's just not that easy. You know, so if it the whole time you're like smiling and you're having a great time and it's like it feels very relaxing, I'm like, uh, there's probably not a lot of change that's happening to you over time. Right. You know, like you're just you're doing physical activity, 
and moving, but you're you're probably not doing exercise where there's a stimulus provided that's that's uh, different than what you're used to. Yeah. Right, like riding your bike around the block or getting in a road race. Like it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with that. Totally. And I don't want to like say, oh, well, you know, it's because you know, some, you. I just I just don't like when people say. You got to do something that you really enjoyed for for your workout. Like you need to really enjoy it. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, and what does that mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I'm trying to improve, and improvement is not always enjoyable. So I don't know. That's that doesn't that doesn't mean that to me. You know? Yeah. No. I think you need to enjoy the end result, whatever that might mean for you. Whether that means you know shedding some weights, or whether that means like um, you know, essentially like getting a pump, you know, yeah. getting a pump or whether that means getting a runner's high, you know, like, I think that you should enjoy the result, Yeah. but the actual activity should be kind of grueling. I mean, it, like <laughs> exactly. it, you shouldn't hate it. Like it shouldn't be right. like, Oh my gosh, I hate, if you hate it, try something different. Agreed. You know? Agreed. But yeah, I mean, I absolutely like it's called a workout, not a cakewalk. <laughs> you know, like it's work. Well, you know, it's funny. I have after you, Dwayne Wimmer, who's been in the business for 30 years, very well respected. And he was on my podcast before and he was saying and I, I'm like, this is totally true. Like there's this misperception, too, of like the fitter you get, like the easier it'll be. And he's like, I don't know why people think this. And we were discussing, I was a collegiate athlete, a runner, and I was like, it's not like if you're like, now I wasn't a mile, I was a sprinter, but it's not like if you went from running a six minute mile to a 450 mile, like it got easier. Actually, it got way harder, way harder, even though you're way fitter, it becomes even more grueling to to run that fast at that point. You you know, oh, sorry. No, go Go for it. Well, I was just going to say, you know, what I hear from people in the gym, even my own clients will say to me, and I, it drives me nuts. They'll say, well, you don't need to work out because you're already in shape. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, everyone needs to work out. Exercise is for everyone. Everyone. <laughs> like, I, how do you think I got this way? <laughs> You know? Like you're just done. You're done. You're finished. Like, wouldn't yeah. that be amazing if that was the actual case? Yeah. Let me just do one sit up and I'll have a six pack. Okay. That'll be great. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why people get that idea that when you do it, it gets easier. Like it, it's, I, I remember telling my one client, she's like, when is this going to get easier? I said, it's never going to get easier. Cause I'm always going to make it hard. That's right. You're adding a new stimulus. You're trying to improve. <laughs> it's always going to be hard. Like I'm, I'm not going to try to make you throw up. Yeah, no, But it's always going to be hard. It needs to be hard. You're so right. You know, it's funny. All of my clients have, and I've had these people forever and new people I get, I always tell them like, you have to get to the point of acceptance. You need to accept each time you show up that there's going to be a level of being uncomfortable. And if you don't accept that, then we're never going to go anywhere. Because this won't all of a sudden one day magically you wake up and be like, I did a certain amount of sessions and now I'm like amazing and everything's so easy for him. Like, no, no. Like, actually, the further you go in this program, 
it may it's, it's gonna get ugly. <laughs> you know, like it's gonna, it's gonna be harder, man. You know, like yeah. But you'll be amazed at what you can do. You'll be amazed at like what you can do. And then you'll also be amazed at those moments when you're not working out and you do something so much better in regular life than you ever did before. You know, whether yeah. it's picking up your child or you went on some random hike with somebody, you're like, wow, I, I feel a lot better doing this than I normally do. You know, it's those little moments that you're like, oh, I am getting better. But the actual work part, eh, it's going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. But it's so worth it in the end. You yeah. know, I had a client just maybe a week and a half ago tell me, Wendy, I can, I can lift myself up out of my kayak and I couldn't do that last year. Yeah. I couldn't pull myself up out of it and I can, and it's because I've been working out with you. Yeah. And it was so nice just to hear that just because she saw the, the impact that it had on her daily life. You know, she saw the benefit that she was getting from putting in the work and from showing up and from picking up the weights and doing it and showing up even when she didn't want to, you know? Oh my gosh. Isn't that most of the time? I mean, it's like, <laughs> I always tell people, I'm like, if you're waiting to feel like you're optimal to work out, you're going to be waiting a long time, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You just got to do it. Just got to get it done. It's like what you said, like saying, getting up out of the kayak. I, I think for any, any, People who are working with trainers, you know, clients, things, if you listen to this, your trainer wants to hear that. They, yeah. They're not necessarily looking all the time about like how you look. Like they want to hear about how you are functioning better as a person in your daily life. One of my clients today said today was the first day they walked down the stairs and it, it didn't hurt. Like it didn't hurt. Yeah. And I said, that's, that's what I train people for. Those, yeah. those moments, not so you can look better in your dress or you fit your jeans, but I mean, that's nice and all, but like, you got to be able to live, man, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, do things you know, regularly, you know? Yeah. The pain, when people talk to me about not having the pain in their joints anymore, yeah. like that to me is a really big deal because that's an ache that it's, it's hard to describe but I will take muscle soreness and complete exhaustion over those kinds of aches yeah. any day of the week. Any Most day definitely. of the week. Most definitely. Wendy, I knew this was going to be good. You have a way about yourself when you explain things that I really respect completely. And uh, thank you for spending time with me. Seriously, I really appreciate it. Thank you. This has been a wonderful opportunity. I really enjoyed our conversation here today. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to speak with me. I most, appreciate most it. Most definitely. And I know for sure, I can tell you this, I definitely going to, I'm going to have you back on because I want to continue this conversation to some other areas. So for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Listen, you have a good day and we'll be in touch. Okay. That sounds good. Thank you again for having me on. And I look forward to speaking with you in the future. Awesome. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut or The Dose of News Useful Today. 
The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine, and when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences, and it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So, get the donut. Stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.